0: I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. And, you know how I always make those interesting comments during the game.
1: Personally, I think we got hosed on that call.
2: Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. <laughs> so what about that? Do you believe in miracles? yeah! Well, you know they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast.
1: What about a talk show host. This is in the booth. Talk show host. That's good. <laughs> I be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. In the booth on a Friday. Friday fun day. Heading into a home football game. Exciting stuff. Anticipation building for the Orange and Florida State with a Saturday noon kickoff. We've been talking about this throughout the week, of course. But now the former players that are coming back for the reunion of the 96-98 uh, Big East Championship teams, they're here. The uh, Letterman's Club is having its golf outing up at Drumlin's. As we speak, the 44 Block Party is downtown here tonight. We had a great crowd at Press Room Pub for the Dino Babers show last night, including some of those players like Rob Conrad and others, and they've got a band out front uh, starting at four, so this is the way it should be. Big games, uh, easy to argue for me that this is the biggest game in the Dino Babers era. There's lots riding on this one. You win, and uh, first of all, it's historic it stops a 10 game losing streak to Florida State it It'd be the first time beating them since the 60s when uh, Floyd Little was uh, on the team and then you're three and0 great shot to go to 4 and0, then obviously Clemson, but then you're back at it uh, with Pittsburgh and so on and we know all the great ramifications that come from that. and for us, we aren't on the team the the people that are involved in uh, you know fans, observers, supporters, business aspect of it, the marketing part of it, you win, it incentivizes continuing to do these things like the quad party and the downtown party and the showing up early and the, all of that, and it, it'll build, and now you've got something really rolling. If you lose, you know, I I think we'll cross that bridge on Monday if it comes up. I think you look at how to evaluate where that was and the direction of the two teams and the talent level. Florida State's got a lot of talent. I, I'm i hesitant for, to join the people that are saying this wouldn't be an upset or this is, you know, a game that Syracuse should be favored in or should win. I think this is the best shot in recent years and in the next several years that you have to beat Florida State. The Orange are trending up. FSU has spun its wheels out the gate here. Uh, they still have really good players, and uh, there will be some potential matchup issues there, but it's a, a lot of exciting stuff, and I can't wait to get into it tomorrow morning, leading to a noon. Start and we can talk about it certainly today. You can join us by phone if you'd like at 437 7644. That's 4 ESPN 44 315 437 7644. Get you on the show. The guys have been alluding to it. The news uh, coming out this afternoon uh, an apparent injury to Frank Howard uh, does not sound as though that, that is uh, terribly severe. but We're basing that just on Coach Beheim's comment, which was really nothing more than. Uh, acknowledging an injury to his lower left leg and that Howard would miss some preseason practice time, but be ready for the first game. My first reaction really is that's a tough break for Frank Howard to if he's behind in any way, missing time, you know, the guys put in so much effort, has really lost an entire season due to injury he played, but uh, was not himself for a year. He's bounced back, he's been steady these uh, certainly last year, starting every game. Uh, major, major contributor. Now, we all know he's got a challenge from a freshman in Jalen Carey, uh, who's a guy that plays the same positions, uh, the combo guard kind of spot, and you would like to see Howard be at his best to uh, help this team and everything else. But it's a long season. The uh, first couple of games and that type of thing, is if he's getting his feet under him at that time, uh, they will survive that. Uh, Obviously, shouldn't be challenged. By the very first part of the schedule. But uh, the ACC schedule is out yesterday. And uh, clearly there will be some uh, challenges there and down the road. The basketball season is awfully enticing ahead. Before we go further, and we do have a chance to give away a pair of tickets today. Excited to get into that and ready to tell you about it. Want to clean up something from yesterday. We were kind of caught off guard over the course of the show. In fact, I mistakenly reacted to an an alert that I uh, read improperly about David Wright. I, I thought, I'm kind of talking about something else, the thing pops up on my phone, and I thought it said David Wright to play in 2019. Paulie and I both reacted, hey, that'd be great. You know, captain of the Mets and uh, first-class guy and trying to bounce back from injuries that have been tough for him. He's really been sidelined two years running. But it wasn't that at all. It was He was unlikely to play in 2019. Uh, I don't know that they're officially, officially calling this his retirement, but uh, the plan here is for Wright to play a little bit down the stretch here for the Mets and start on one day. They've kind of circled Saturday, September 29th, which is still two weeks off, for him to get a game at Citi Field in front of the home fans in front of his children. And David Wright had an emotional press conference yesterday.
0: In closing, I always wanted to be on the field again to have my daughter see me play. So needless to say, Saturday, September 29th is extremely important to me. There's probably a lot of people that I left out, but I cannot express my gratitude and appreciation for everything that this organization has done, continues to do for me. Um, I mentioned it before, but it's worth mentioning again. This is my extended family. I've been here for what feels like so long that i formed relationships, just not with players or staff, or front office or ownership, but relationships that are of the utmost importance for me and and people that I will keep in touch with for the rest of my life. Um, You know, this is obviously a day for me that um, I am certainly happy with getting a chance to put this uniform on again. That has been my goal from day one. It's been a long road to get to that goal. But the love and the support that I've received from inside the organization, outside the organization has been first class and words can't express the gratitude that I have for everybody. And I, I really mean that and I really appreciate that. I said it when I was a younger player and I'll say it again. Uh, I truly bleed orange and blue. And throughout this process, uh, the love and the support and the respect from inside and outside the organization has meant the world to me. Thank you to, to everybody involved, and um, you'll never have any idea how much it means to me. Um, that support has, has really gotten me through these last couple of years of rehab.
1: That's uh, David Wright, captain of the Mets, and a total class act, Uh, Spinal stenosis, back and neck issues have sidelined him really for the last two years. And it uh, looks like he is done. His uniform number five will be retired eventually, I'm sure, by the Mets. Jay Horwitz, their longtime PR man, has been moved into an alumni relations position that's been newly created. So you can look for that. And I think we'll start to be more Mets fans around here with the uh, Chiefs under their ownership and, and switching to their affiliation. For next season, the reason I wanted to circle back to this today is I felt like yesterday we were kind of jamming it in and didn't really get to my personal observations on David Wright. When David was 21, he played double A AA and triple A for the Mets. I was the announcer for the Binghamton Mets, and he was the third baseman for the team and three hole hitter, 21 years of age. He had played the previous season in the Florida State League, It hit 270 with uh 15 home runs, was really highly thought of as the future of the Mets at that time. His mentor was Howard Johnson. Howard was the hitting coach for Binghamton that year and then continued to progress up with David. Partly, he basically was a second father to David. Those two were very close. Howard has since moved on to other organizations, but he went up to AAA and then to the majors as David did, and uh, that gave David a a very good start to his big league career. Even in that 2004 season, he played – uh, close to 70 games in the major leagues and uh, would continue uh, to be a major league regular from age 22 to 27. And then the injuries kind of cut in. Seven-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glover. But anybody who knows him personally or has interacted with him, the media, et cetera, love this guy. From He was an incredible teammate, stand-up guy, always answered questions. I saw uh, Kevin Burkhart, Who's uh, an announcer for Fox, but previously had been the sideline reporter for the Mets? He said only once ever did David say, Hey, look, I don't have time for you, you know, for a pregame interview or or something like that. And and over a course of like eight years when Kevin was in that position, and he apologized profusely for it. David, for me, was a go to guy, always a smile. Uh, The day when I got promoted from the number two job here to having the play by play at Syracuse, I. Decided, you know what, I'm not going to f- be able to be commuting to Binghamton and doing those games the last couple of weeks of the season when uh, I could be up here. So I cut it short. And I think he was probably even promoted ahead of that, but he signed a bat to me and brought it up completely uh, unprovoked just because he's that kind of dude. He's still the only player I've been on a lot of baseball buses. So that's a lot of holidays and a lot of Mays in particular. The only player I ever recall that got on a the bus on a Sunday morning. He had a Mother's Day card ready to send off uh, to his mom and just uh, a really class act, uh, great with his family, great with his younger brothers, and uh, a very good dude, and we wish him the best, even though it obviously did not work out in terms of the longevity here. But he's a one-organization guy, a lot of respect for that. I, I see where uh, they're talking about Joe Maurer uh, contemplating retirement in this offseason, as a lot of players do once they get into their uh, lower and mid-30s, but uh, a special – check mark next to the uh, one organization guys that put 10 to to 15 years in in one uniform it's uh, pretty impressive so uh, all the best wishes to David Wright so that gets us off and running here in the booth we want to give away tickets today we're going to do it with pick six it's a game that we did a little bit last year and we'll fire it up again Uh, get ready to call us 315-437-7644 that's 437-7644 you call in we'll throw out the category uh, actually, you pick your category, one to six. If you can name six of something in a given category in a 30-second span, you are a winner. So we will do that. You on board with that there, Polly?
2: Yeah. What What are the uh, – so as we go into the break take... – We'll do the
1: category. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll hit them when we come back.
2: Well, shouldn't we get callers during the break? Yeah, that's what I was just saying.
1: Yes. Call them in. All right. They don't need gonna... to know the categories, do they?
2: Uh, I, I think it would be more fun so they can at least prep their brain a Like here's a category
1: bit. that we're not – well, no, because then they're researching them. Okay, But a typical category that we're not using today would be, just to, to run through the exercise here, would be schools at which Dino Babers coached. Then we'll put 30 seconds on the clock and you rattle off as many of those as you can name and if you get the six you're a winner. If you're not, we go to the next person. So this could be one contestant and done or it could be several. We're giving away tickets thanks to our friends at Bill Rapp Superstore. Right? Well, thank you to Bill Rapp. We have two tickets, right? Yeah, a pair of tickets to
2: the FSU. Okay,
1: awesome. To the game tomorrow. So uh, hopefully you can get those, use those, and uh, we'll jam two more people into the Carrier Dome for a noon start, the Orange and Seminole. So we'll do pick six throughout the show today. We'll start it when we come back. We're in the booth, brought to you by Marriott Syracuse Downtown on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Rolling along and contestants lined up for pick six. We'll do it here on a Friday. We'll have Rob Long Coming up a bit later on the show, Rob's getting the Zunick Award tonight from the uh, Football Letterman's Club show brought to you by Marriott Syracuse downtown. So here's how Pick 6 works. We've got a couple callers on the line, Joe and Kurt, and we encourage others to join them, 315-437-7644. That's 437-7644, 4ESPN44. Joe called in first. We'll give Joe the pick of six categories. Joe is going to get 30 seconds to name six things in a category that we throw out. If Joe... Wins, gets six and thirty seconds. Congratulations, Joe. He's got tickets, game over, and Kurt, thanks for trying. If Joe doesn't get it, Kurt gets a shot, and we'll go on from there. Kurt will get a different category. Everybody good? Good, Polly? I understand, believe it or not. Okay. That, well, that's a major achievement if here. If it's I can understand so... it, there's no excuse for Joe. <laughs> that's right. Then nobody else should <laughs> screw it up. All right, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Are you ready, Joe? You feeling confident? I'm feeling good, Matt. Good. We have six categories of the six. Uh, One, two, three of them are Syracuse football, one is NFL football, one is baseball, and one is pop culture. So uh, pick a number one to six. Three. Three. All right. This is a Syracuse football history question. You ready? Yeah. Okay. 30 seconds on the clock. This is Siri when I say Syracuse thinks I'm talking to her. <laughs> Shut up, Siri. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> Number uh, category number three, Joe and Syracuse is Syracuse players to make the NFL this might be the easiest one. Syracuse players to make the NFL Pro Bowl on offense. Name six of them.
3: Okay. Uh Donovan McNabb, Marvin Harrison. Two Rob Conrad. No. Uh what?
1: No. no, no, no Conrad.
3: Okay. Uh Rob Moore. Three. Uh Joe Morris. Four, Floyd Little, Jim Brown, Ernie Davis. Four, no, five, six, got uh, it.
1: piling right. on. Cool. That was an easy right. one. Great work, though, Joe. You crushed it. Time to spare, Thank right, you. Paulie? Yeah, he's, it's still going. I still he's got still-
2: time
0: for
1: more. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you could have gone for the record there, but we we don't keep the records. <laughs> well, good job, Joe. You excited for the game? Hey, Kurt, hang on. We might have well. Kurt, Kurt hung go. up. Kurt hung up and discussed. I was going to maybe do one for fun just before <laughs> yeah. he he called in. But uh, all right, Joe. Well, I hope you are excited for the game. Oh uh, yeah, let's go! All right, buddy. We'll see you up there. Put you on so hold here. Well, just stay on hold, uh, Joe, and they'll have uh, information about how you can get your tickets up. At will call. Well, that was easy. That was easiest category of the six, I think.
2: I was really hoping we'll,
1: we'll save some of these other ones
2: for my John, my uh,
1: yeah. My well, we can movie, save that another time. John one. Cusack movies. Yeah. Because I next, own all of them. Yes, I bet you do. You're you're big on that. Okay. Well, good. Well, Joe uh, powered right through it there. Bad thing about um, that is
2: now we have to kill time.
1: That's okay. We got plans. <laughs> um, the reason that we threw that one out, we always try to have a little bit of a news hook on on those items here, and maybe we can get into a couple of these categories that will probably kill Pauly, because we don't, they won't be relevant another time. But uh, this group of ninety six to ninety eight players that are back had uh, a number of Pro Bowlers. Donovan McNabb, uh, chief among them, but uh, Keith Bullock, Dwight Freeney. If you want to connect him to that group. Alin Murray made the Pro Bowl. He was actually just ahead of that uh, three consecutive uh, Big East championship run. So that's a, a good group there. I mean, A lot of uh, Pro Bowlers over the years more on offense than, than defense, although the recent ones have been uh, Chandler Jones and uh, Dwight Freeney on the defensive side. David Tyree was... is a special teamer. Uh, I don't know that he is, which is just very surprising. He was a kicker at the same time as uh, – yeah, he is. I'm sorry. Yeah, he is. Four times. But uh, I was going to say he was a kicker at the same time as Morton Anderson. And um, depending on what conference they were in or whatever, they had a couple of other uh, candidates for that. This was the one that we did. Um, want to see how many of these I can name? I, haven't, I didn't look at the list. The Mets third baseman have played 100 oh, games. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Hold on. Here we go. I on. did
1: see that because uh, we, we had to have a cutoff somewhere. I saw that Jose Reyes played 99. We would have accepted him, I think, today just because we're in a good mood and want to give away these tickets. Tell me when you want to go. Are oh, you gonna put me on the clock time wise? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, do you have you don't have the answer key up there? I huh? will have it in two okay. seconds. Uh let me get in the right frame of mine here. Okay, ready? All right. Howard Johnson, Ty Wigginson, uh Todd Zeal, uh, uh Bud Harrelson.
2: Wow, you're going back there, that's a good. Um,
1: one. Oh shoot! Uh, I want to say Ken Reitz. But he's a Cardinal. Uh, Cleat Boy- uh, Boyer, one of the Boyers. Cleat Boyer, Ken Boyer. Yep, Ken uh, Boyer. Ken Boyer. That's uh, five. No, oh, all oh, we got. You did this to yourself, Mister. I know. Sorry, that was a bad. Oh, Edgardo Alfonso I should have known that one. Go back. So the the top of the list, the most. Go to the very top. The top of the list for the Mets were the two guys we mentioned earlier here. David Wright and his uh, mentor, Howard Johnson. Wayne Garrett, that You have to, I mean, that's a real Mets name. Hubie Brooks, yeah, good one, Alfonso. Robin Ventura, I should have gotten. Dave Magadan, Wigginton. we did get. Lenny Randall, Ray Knight, I should have gotten. Ken, Who can
2: forget Elliot Maddox?
1: Richie Hebner, former Syracuse Chiefs pitching coach. Jeff Kent, also a former chief in that list. And Jim Fregosi, a the guy they tra- traded... Uh, Nolan Ryan to get Jim Fergosi. how'd that work out? Jeff Kent was a second baseman primarily, but uh, played a little third. Greg Jeffries should have been one. Uh, if you're about the same age as me, you went out to MacArthur Stadium to get Greg Jeffries' autograph when he was a, a big deal for the uh, the Tidewater Tides. All right, we'll take a break here, get to uh, the Do We Care, some interesting items on that list, build it up toward the end of the show, and uh, looking ahead to the game, we'll have Rob Long on in just a bit, the former Syracuse punter and the recipient of the Zunick Award tonight from the Syracuse football letterman's club that's all as we roll along continuing in the booth on espn radio this is in the booth with matt park brought to you by marriott syracuse downtown last show of the week back on monday to look back at this clearly important result from saturday either way and then uh, on into the connecticut game the orange uh, figure to be heavily favored for that one a week from tomorrow steven north syracuse joins us on the phone hello steve
3: uh, hi, Matt. Uh, I, I, I gather from some a couple of comments I've heard you make that uh, you, uh, as with me, uh, are not that impressed with the new fair catch on the kickoff rule that puts the ball on the 25-yard line. Uh, it, it, to me, it's almost like the NBA rule where if you call a timeout under your basket, uh, then you can inbound it at it, it, it midcourt. I realize that there are doing it to uh, to avoid injuries, but uh, it, it makes for very boring football. Uh, I haven't, over the years I've been watching football, really seen that many serious injuries on kickoffs. I don't know how many you've seen. Of course, we did have a Western Michigan guy get taken to the hospital, so maybe that's an illustration of why they're doing it, but it seems to me that they're sacrificing an awful lot of excitement from the game. For something that only occasionally happens.
1: Yeah, I agree, except I will say this. All right, we're, we're two weeks into the season going on three. Mm-hmm. And Western Michigan's off returner, right? So the guy who's kind of on the other side of the field and five yards up, that's the guy that got hurt. Mm-hmm. And that looked pretty serious at the time. I think he was okay. I don't know if he's played since, but he—he he, it was not as severe as originally looked. And Florida State lost a returner in last week's game, and he's out for a while. So, and that's only in the couple of teams that we've seen, okay? So there are injuries. It is a dangerous play. I think my position is this. The thing I grow tired of seeing is what happened last week at Wagner. Soon as the ball was kicked, guy's signaling for a fair catch. He catches, puts a knee down or whatever, and it's an anticlimactic play. My feeling is if that's your intention or if you're willing to do that or you're willing to settle for the 25, let's just say it and put the ball out there. Uh, talking about it with Dino Babers, he said – you know, if the receiving team goes first and decides they're fine with the 25 and the kicking team's fine with it, fine. Just just put the ball there because, to your point, you are wiping out the play because it's risky for one or two players. But what about the other 20 to 21 players? They're still running down the field until it's evident that a fair catch is called and, and then they can maybe uh, lighten up a little bit. It's still a fairly dangerous play uh, for all of them. So if you really want to eliminate it, eliminate it. And uh, that being said, I think you need to have the option to onside kick and, more importantly, the option to return a kick if you so choose and if you have athletes. I think in this game, Florida State's going to come and say, we got better athletes than them. You bet we're going to return kicks. Mm -hmm. And so Wagner, their first kick return didn't get to the 15-yard line, and I think they said, okay, we'll pack this in and we'll we'll take the 25. So that, I hope, was an extreme example, but uh, I'll be watching that closely.
3: Yeah, I've, I've seen several college games and a couple of pro games with kickoff returns for touchdowns, and they're just hugely exciting plays and very huge plays in games, and uh, uh, I would be sad to see that uh, completely leave football.
1: Amen, and I appreciate the call, Steve. It's uh, one of the most exciting plays in the game, kickoff return, punt return for touchdown, uh, even if they're not touchdowns, even if they're long, field-flipping type plays, uh, super exciting, and I and, uh, hope to see them. And, you know, you go back to this, period of 96 to 98 and, and a little before that the Marvin Harrison through Quentin Spotwood what Jamel Riddle you go a little further that's what Syracuse did they, they won a lot of games uh, with that type of play and uh, would love to see more of that uh, certainly last week was a dynamic uh, special teams game and uh, hope to see more of those do we care interesting I doubt it no wait, the other thing tedious but we will do this segment anyway don't care
4: So the Colgate football program had their game against Furman canceled down in South Carolina and Hurricane Florence seems to be coming right through that area. So the Colgate team has decided to donate their team's hotel rooms and prepaid meals to the people who will be displaced during Hurricane Florence.
1: I think that's an awesome gesture. Uh, Dan Hunt's the head coach there. Uh, Syracuse has played Colgate recently and obviously with uh, Colgate being down the road, keep an eye on them and these football trips, certainly at the Syracuse level, the major conference level, these are major logistical undertakings with the flight and the travel and the hotel room and the meeting rooms and the uh, equipment logistics and all of that transportation. And to have this sort of scrapped, you know, even at Colgate's level with the fewer people and fewer dollars involved – is a big deal. It's disappointing. I know they would have wanted to uh, play the game and make the trip, you know, Colgate's other trips are to, you know, Worcester, Massachusetts and and DC to play Georgetown and that type of stuff. So, uh, great of them to make a positive out of a negative here. And the, the way I read about it, uh, last night was that they're going to, you know, get these rooms to people that might be displaced out of their, their home. So nobody's going to be fleeing their home in, in South Carolina, And not be able to get into this hotel because Colgate had accounted for 60 or 80 rooms. Number one. Number two, the meals that they'd paid for, you know, can still be made. People will still be safe working there or whatever. And then those meals will get to people that need them and and Colgate won't be there.
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to say too. It opens up ballrooms for people to to stay in and there's. There's a lot of food to feed a football team <laughs> right. that, that they yeah. put out, so it's it's very cool.
1: Yeah, you see the size of these traveling parties. Like The, the only road trip Syracuse has made so far this year it was not to a, a top-end hotel. They're doing a walkthrough out in the parking lot before the game, um, but very likely those are held in ballrooms and stuff, and now you're reserving these huge rooms that, in this case, with, uh, with Colgate not going on this trip to South Carolina to play Furman, will be available for other needs.
4: A picture of Kyrie Irving was photoshopped into in a Knicks uniform on, on Twitter or I mean on Instagram and the account Nice Kicks and actually uh, another NBA player captioned on on it saying that the chances that Kyrie Irving gets signed by the Knicks are actually high this this uh, off this next offseason actually going into the 2019 season
1: well I think the idea is that J.R. Smith was the one that applied Smith high the which one. there's probably a joke involved there <laughs> yes. because he could well have been but uh yeah who cares I mean the, the NBA anymore is like a soap opera with uh this stuff going back and forth, the tampering from one team to another and the uh trying to align all these various players and who I don't even know where we are with this or how to how to follow it, but uh let's throw the ball up and play the games.
2: It'd be good for New York, have a have a legit superstar, but other sure. than that I don't care.
4: Another Knicks news: to go. <laughs> Joe Kim Noah was released today by the Knicks, or is expected to be released by the Knicks today. So that's some legit Knicks news, other than just this rumor. Um, and and Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez 2.0 is this weekend, almost a year to the day of the the first fight, which ended in a a draw. So this is two of the bigger names in boxing going at it for hopefully a decision this time.
1: Yeah, but. I'm a. I wouldn't even say fair weather boxing. For me, it's like the there's like one every three year boxing that, it's that not gets mad anymore, isn't it? What, what, what was the one that we watched at Ed's house? M- Mayweather-Pacquiao. Mayweather- yeah. no, no, no Mayweather, all oh, McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. That's right. That wasn't even a real fight.
2: It's fallen off so much. He's- and I, I
1: understand these two are studs, and uh, I'm sure it's fun to watch. But it, it never even enters my mind as this is part of my an entertainment choice that I can make. It, It's just the way I could rattle off, you know, football and basketball, you just pick up, you flip channels, you go from one game to the next. Um, I just, I have no, it's not that I don't appreciate boxing. I just don't have the exposure or the desire to to jump in on it. It's
2: strange to me because from when I was a kid, like I knew every boxer, I knew Hagler, Leonard. Yeah, that was a, it's just just sort of a bigger deal. They were on
1: free TV, they were on Wide World of Sports. They, it was just, it felt more like a sport and the game is on. Like that's how we think of football, basketball, baseball. Then late night Vegas sideshow pay per view. You know, just the the way that it's uh, packaged now, it's just not in the in the same mainstream as as the rest. So it, 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 they've come by it naturally. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, not a secret as to why maybe it's not as popular as it once was.
4: It's a dying sport that's still hard to to view. So it just doesn't make sense why they make it so hard to. To put it like you said. It used to be a free fight that you'd be able to watch on ESPN. Just not that anymore. And it's a midnight on the East Coast, which is tough for people.
1: Yeah, I don't see it. So let me know how it turns out.
4: I don't know if I. I, I say triple G it, in the yeah. seventh. Oh, I don't uh, know either one
2: of them. So I'm, I'm doubling <laughs> Matt's pick.
4: I'm and, looking all over. It. Wait, what a, do you think
1: about the name Gennady? Gennady Sebelia? Do you think that's maybe in the cards? I'm maybe?
2: sure there, there may be one.
1: If you look, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look further you down look down around. The family tree. Yeah. All right, thank you, Tommy. No problem. We'll come back with Rob Long next. Zunich Award winner, the Orange and Florida State, Saturday in the Dome at noon. Congrats to uh, Joe and Syracuse. Two tickets courtesy of uh, Bill Rapp on the show earlier today. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Polly says we're going to be on in Utica starting next week. That's an exciting development. Hello to all the folks out there in the Mohawk Valley. That's what Brent X says. Brent had his birthday this week. Lots going on this week leading to uh, the biggest game of the season so far. Maybe the biggest game on the entire home schedule as the Orange take on Florida State. Big swing opportunity certainly in the, the reaction the way we'll be talking about this game on Monday, but uh, it figures to be a close competitive game uh, either way come uh, tomorrow with a noon kickoff in the Dome. Hope to uh, see a big crowd there and a good vibe starting tonight with that 44 block party and then uh, more up on the Hill tomorrow. Our game day coverage starts at 9. Gomez and Lisa with Adam Terry over at uh, the Sheridan. Then uh, Brian Higgins and Julian Wiggum will be on at 10.00. On uh, TK99 from the quad, they'll have some of the 90s-era guys that are back. We hope to uh, funnel them over there. At 11, we'll continue on the IMG network and TK99 from inside. But then Stephen Fani and uh, Julian Wiggum will be on ESPN Radio 97.7 as well. The other thing going on, got the football letterman back. Uh, was up there at Drumlins today as they were just getting started in the golf and uh, had an opportunity to talk to... A few of the guys, including Rob Long, who will be presented with the Zunic Award tonight. We made mention of this uh, on the show yesterday. The Zunics, Mike, who played here, Judy, is a college sweetheart and girlfriend, later wife. Uh, a little bit after college, they're on a flight. There's some difficulty with the flight. The flight attendant says, hey, we need some uh, able-bodied people here in the exit row to help in, in case uh, the worst Happens here? Would you guys, uh, you know, volunteer help us out? They did. Uh, that was the plane that crashed in uh, I, I want to say Iowa, is in the heartland somewhere, and uh, Sioux, Sioux, C- City. Yeah, Sioux City, Iowa. And uh, they did not survive. The people who were in their original seats did survive, and that's the uh, ultimate sacrifice on the part of the Zunics, who impacted their community in a lot of ways even prior to that. And the uh, Football Letterman's Club has for years now, given an award in their memory to people that have uh, faced some adversity on their own and have uh, maybe used that as a springboard to help others. And certainly Rob Long is a guy to whom that applies. Rob, you'll remember, was an excellent punter for the Orange, uh, had his kind of career cut short and had some NFL tryouts, but uh, never did make it as he was um, certainly set back a bit by a brain tumor, cancer diagnosis, and uh, not only is he... Undergone treatment and come out on the other side, and and uh, he's done it in a way where he has learned a lot about the rare disease community, and he has given his professional life to raising money and awareness for rare diseases, and uh, helps that uplifting athletes outfit to raise money. He was at the Western Michigan game and still maintains uh, close connections with the team. We caught up with Rob today before golf.
5: Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to be back, and uh, always great when you get a chance to be around uh, a bunch of former players.
1: How do you expect the golf is going to go? There's a lot of kickers out here. I know John Biscop's a good golfer. Uh, I talked with he and uh, Tim Vesling this morning. Uh, who's the man to beat?
5: Uh, yeah, I know John's probably good. Anybody, any of the kickers, probably aside from myself, are probably pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think probably got a couple of ringers in the group. Um, so I'm not sure who it's going to be, but uh, we'll find out, I guess, at the end of the day.
1: All right, looking forward to uh, seeing the results uh, later today and presenting you with the uh, Zunic Award. We'll talk about that in just a bit. We ought to get your thoughts on special teams so far through two games. I know you watch the games closely and a little switcheroo. I, I think we, we didn't anticipate uh, Andre Schmidt at all uh, really being in the mix. thought Sterling Hoffrichter, I think the last time we talked to you, it was really on the concept of how hard is it for one guy to handle all these roles, and uh, they've broken it up. So Sterling does his thing, kicking off and punts, and... And uh, Andre Schmitzman, perfect.
5: Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to a couple of the guys on the team uh, leading up to uh, Western Michigan, and, you know, they were talking about how Andre started to really hit the ball well. And, uh, you know, the coaches said, you know, why not? You know, he's hitting the ball well, might as well go with him. And uh, I think it frees up uh, Sterling to focus on uh, the punting and the kickoffs. uh, you know, having watched him uh, in person in, in West, at Western Michigan, Sterling hit the ball really well, consistently, good hang time, um, and if he can stick with that, I think you know that's what the team's going to need, field position wise, I think. I read something about the, the field position that they've been uh, handling, handing their uh, opponents. It's been among the best in the country. So yeah. um, I think there's a big thing, and, and like you said, Andre's been doing his job, so uh, why not go with it?
1: We still learned uh, what the kicking game is going to be in this era of the fair catch kickoff, which really is uh, kind of unforeseen prior to, to this year, and we'll give that another couple of games to, to see how it plays out. Rob Long is our guest. The Orange and Florida State uh, Saturday at noon. You know, another assumption about the kicking uh, turned out to be wrong we thought well they'll still bring in Sterling for the long ones and uh, they let Andre Schmidt kick a 50 yarder at least uh, for a, a tryout a little bit and that was n- no problem uh, in the Wagner game so it uh, looks like that job is a completely his to lose.
5: Yeah I think um, it was a great opportunity in that type of situation to, to give Andre the opportunity to build his confidence you know it's uh, you know uh, all I think all positive really he hits it a, you know, he's got that confidence moving forward. No, he can hit that from that distance. Um, and if he, do, if he doesn't, you know, you're going to probably win the game anyway. So um, I, I think that's smart by the coaching staff to get them out there, get that experience. Um, and you know, I think everybody's been uh, you know, impressed with how Andre's handled the season. But uh, you know, in talking to some of the guys, it's you know, pretty much what he did all at camp, and uh, it was just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, Justin Lustig, the special teams coach, last night said uh, they looked at their chart after a while and he hadn't missed a kick out of something like 50 (laughs) kicks in practice. Like, okay, this uh, set off a flag here, and uh, he's earned himself some playing time. All right, Zunick Award, we'll talk about it uh, later tonight, of course, over at uh, Drumlins. We alluded to it on the show yesterday, Mike and Judy Zunick. Uh, Just an incredible story of of selflessness. I know you're you're well familiar with it. Uh, What's it mean to be honored uh, in this way by this group? Uh,
5: It's pretty incredible. Um, When I got the call from uh, Jim Jerome, and he had you know, informed me that I was going to be the Junior recipient this year. I was, uh, I was, I was kind of taken back by knowing the, uh, you know, what what the award's all about. What you know, uh, Mike and Judy sacrificed uh, to to be, you know, who they are as people. And um, I'm so great that grateful that the uh, football club continues to honor them in their memory. Um, and to be a part of that is is just really something special that I'll always cherish. So um, I'm really looking forward to the event tonight.
1: You know, your story, uh, Rob, I think is well chronicled and, and people are aware uh, more than a scare. I mean, you've, you've faced, uh, you know, some pretty scary stuff head on. And now you've gone and in the rare disease community, spread the word, raised awareness, worked on research and, and, and fundraising. Do you see some parallels here in uh, the impact that uh, you've been able to make on others? <laughs>
5: Um, yeah I mean I, I I hope to to have an impact in some way you know uh, you know I went through an obviously a, a tough situation an unfortunate situation but uh, you know my attitude with it was I wanted to make the most of it right you know uh, it was the hand that I was dealt and um, you know could uh, kind of just you know packed it in and said I don't want to deal with this anymore or you know I could use the story to to hopefully help others that you know were in a similar situation as myself and you know, may have not had the, the platform as a student athlete or a football player. And um, so I, I think I've been fortunate enough to, to be, you know, guided in that direction. And, um, you know, my goal is to help, you know, if I can help a family, one family, two families, then that's a, that's a positive for me.
1: Awesome stuff. As always, uh, proud of you and the, the guy you've become. And I uh, hope you keep it in the short grass out there, okay? Yeah, thank you, Matt. A lot of guys uh, out at Drumlins today in the Syracuse Football Letterman's Club golf outing. A good group of guys that like to come back and have a little camaraderie and and share some stories. They used to do that in the summer and now the day before a home game and a big home game. So uh, like that adjustment, John Wildhack has been uh, hosting the former players at uh, his home for some uh, post-work activities as well. And uh, that's a lot of the camaraderie that – that uh, keeps these guys going and engaged in the program, that 96-98 to 98 team. We expect to see Donovan McNabb and company in and around town this weekend and certainly at the game tomorrow. We didn't mention on yesterday's show they've been building it up as a, a bit of a surprise and then a presentation to the Orange's current linebacker, Kylan Whitner, named to the Allstate uh, Good Works team, one of 22 players nationally chosen for it. You can read about it on Cuse.com. Kylan has uh, given back. Uh, quite a bit. He's been on multiple mission trips to Haiti to uh, observe and help as best he can in the uh, poverty conditions, uh, really in Haiti and elsewhere, and, and good egg. There's a lot of good people uh, in those orange uniforms, and uh, you know a lot of us watch and observe and think about the blocks and the runs and the receptions, but uh, these guys are doing the right thing in the classroom and uh, in and around town, and uh, even more so once they uh, get into the real world as Rob Long has done, and we're headed up tonight to the Zunic Award presentation to Rob Long. So good stuff. Thanks to uh, everybody that took part in the show today. Polly Sebelia here, Tommy Hogan out in the uh, bullpen, and uh, to everybody that uh, took part and called, and hope you'll be back with us next week on in Utica starting on Monday. Monday we'll be looking at a, either a 3-0 and Syracuse football team or a 2-1 and team that will be heavily favored against uh, Connecticut a week from tomorrow. So until we meet again on Monday, this is In the Booth, brought to you by Marriott Syracuse Downtown. We'll talk to you Monday at 2. This is ESPN Radio.